0: the Limitless Leadership Podcast.
1: Hello
2: everybody and welcome or welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. So pleased that you could join us today for what I'm sure is going to be a compelling conversation with our special guest, Becca Hudson, because today we're going to be talking about how to lead a youth and children's ministry. We'll come back to that in just a second. But speaking of youth and children's ministry, I first just want to let you know about Limitless Leaders on the 24th to the 26th of January, 2023 at the Hayes Conference Centre in Derbyshire. Now, that is a gathering of youth and children's workers and youth and children's workers (laughs) that, that we do every year. And hey, we run a few events over the course of the year. And I have to say, I'm not sure if you're allowed to say this because it's a bit like choosing your favorite child. But Limitless Leaders is my favorite. I just love that opportunity to gather together uh, for three days of of practical equipping, spirit filled ministry and like minded community. I love it. It's a a wonderful time together. And the great thing about Limitless Leaders is that it's not just a conference, it's, it's residential as well. So when you book your ticket, you don't have to worry about sorting out your hotel rooms. You don't have to worry about going out to restaurants to get your meals. All of that stuff is covered within the price of your ticket get. So head over to limitlesselim.co.uk forward slash leaders uh, where you can find out more about that. We'd love to invite you if you're a children's worker, a youth worker or a youth and children's worker, you are so welcome to join us for Limitless Leaders. And with that in mind, Becca Hudson, welcome to the Limitless Leadership Podcast.
0: (laughs) Thank you you very much.
2: (laughs) It's so good to have you with us. Now, Becca, you are the youth and children's pastor at Christian Life Centre in Selly Oak, Birmingham.
0: Yeah, that's right, yeah.
2: And um, speaking of Limitless Leaders, last year at Limitless Leaders, you did a fantastic session for us all about how to lead a youth and children's ministry. How you can be in that space where you are leading both at the same time. We thought, well, that would be a great conversation to have on the podcast because I don't know about you, Becca, but I have noticed... Over the years of uh, doing this, that increasingly there are leaders who are responsible for both ministries, children mm. and youth, and that number is going up. We try, we kind of tend to track that for those who come to our training events, Limits Leaders, Limits Oxygen, and that youth and children's worker bracket, it just... It, it just keeps going up, and, and that's the case for you, uh, Lidia both. Any thoughts as, as, as to why that might be? I mean, I see a lot of job adverts coming out as well um, for youth and children's workers uh, that, bringing that together. A, any thoughts as to, to why that might be, to why um, that, that kind of role is being brought together more, uh, more regularly in these days?
0: I think, like, from my, my personal experience, it, it came about for me during COVID. Um, okay, because during that first lockdown, we had a lot of staff turn around, and there was a position that came up to to do the kids' work, and I felt compelled to do it. So I think, I think probably around COVID, where churches perhaps uh, there was a lot of change happening on staff teams and finances and things like that, and I think a lot of people have just had to almost double up with what they have to do. Um,
2: yeah, so so maybe there's a little bit of a budgetary consideration that's going on there.
0: Yeah, potentially. Yeah. As
2: opposed to a kind of deliberate or strategic one, perhaps.
0: Yeah, I'm not convinced it's. I'm not convinced it's strategic. If I yeah. Um But, but I there are.
2: But there are some benefits to to holding both of those mm-hmm. roles as one, which we'll come to. But but first, Beckett, it would be great just to to get to know you a little bit better. So talk to us about you know yourself, your life, your journey into youth ministry and children's ministry, and yeah, give okay. give us a give us a little bit of a, a whistle stop tour into Becca Hudson. Okay,
0: <laughs> so I started after uni. I went to Beeston in Nottingham. Yeah, and I did. Um, I was a kids. I was a kids, youth, and family worker, um, okay. which didn't really know what that was really but I just kind of did it um and then I then went to came to CLC as just the youth pastor Hmm. and um after what was it two years after two years I then during lockdown the position came up for the kids work but before then I I'd felt kind of drawn to the kids work uh, okay just because I'm like naturally an evangelist you know you Mm. cut me open that's what I am I'm an evangelist Mm. and so I like to see kind of the possibility in in different ministries to reach different people and kids work for me is like highly evangelist like if you can evangelistic because if you can get the kids you can almost get the parents Mm. Um, and so I can see how it can work well you know there's so much possibility with it and I've started to feel like excited by what The kids work could look like before the position came up Um, and then and then it came up and I I remember having a conversation with my pastor at the time and saying you know what what do you think about about me doing this alongside the youth Um, and obviously you know he's not going to say no is he? because I just (laughs) off with my time (laughs) um, yeah so then I've just been doing it for since 2020
2: yeah Chris. okay okay was there an element of like so you said that you did that when you were uh, in Beeston and, and serving in the church there so kids youth and families was there, was there an element of like you missed that side of the role when you were focusing specifically on on youth at CLC was there an element of you saw the benefit of holding those things together and you and you imagined how that could work in your context at, at CLC
0: mm-hmm um i definitely missed elements of it yeah i think um <laughs> i think kids work they so kids are so enthusiastic you know they're just um not worried about what they look like you know they're not trying mm. to be cool there's just so much joy um and energy and enthusiasm about it and i missed i guess i missed that to be fair um but the youth work at clc was flying at this point and so that had almost like created this stability where the youth work was growing and it was going really well. And so it, was, it felt like it was okay to bring in this new dynamic and this new challenge at the same time. Mm. And because of what COVID did, it, I think we almost had to start again from scratch with the kids' work.
1: Okay.
0: I mean, we went from 60 team members to three. Wow. yeah literally wow um (laughs) and i don't know how or why we had 60 in the first place um but we went from 60 to three and i I reached out to all those people because we had quite a big kids group you see
1: yeah
0: i reached out to all those people and literally nobody wanted to give their time um
2: and what was the what was the reason for that because obviously we saw we saw a lot of that over COVID didn't we we saw when everything shut down suddenly everybody had a lot more time yeah. and realized how time poor yeah they had been and how kind of hurried and busy they had been and it, it gave everybody a, a, an opportunity to kind of re-evaluate how they wanted to spend their time wasn't it mm-hmm. so so did you put it down to that was it like okay here's something like that we need to kind of not do any more to create some margin in our schedule or, or, you know, why was it that as you, as you called people up and people, you know, weren't up for serving on kids team, what, what did you put that down to? I'm
0: not, I'm not really sure, but I think for, if I can be honest, for a lot of them, I think they've actually left the church. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. And that's nothing to do with CLC. It's to do with the pandemic changed people. Yeah. And so I think, you know, it happened everywhere in every church they it did. did Yeah. And so um, a lot of those people did leave, and then a lot of them, I, I guess they felt like it was their time to step back. Maybe I don't, mm. I don't know why. I think time is obviously one of those real precious things that we all have, and actually where you put your time is often where you put your heart into it. And yeah. um, for a lot of people, they didn't want to, they didn't want to commit to that again. Mm um and that was okay i was okay with that because i didn't want 60 people who didn't want to be there i wanted i wanted a small group that were committed to it and that's what i got um so whilst on the surface you think we just lost 60 team members or whatever it was actually truthfully i was okay with it because i wanted the right people there i wanted people that wanted to be there do you know what i mean
1: um
2: yeah no Absolutely. That, that makes a lot of sense. So I guess some of the challenges associated with leading both youth and children's ministry are obvious, not least just the, the time demand on that and the leadership demand on that. And the, I guess the amount of program that's there to kind of organize and team to lead, mm-hmm. um, you know, almost kind of doubling up overnight uh, on the kind of expectation upon you as a leader and we will come to how you kind of deal with some of that stuff in due course but Becca what do you see as some of the benefits of leading both the youth and children's ministry that you wouldn't get to uh, enjoy from being focused on either children's or youth specifically?
0: Yeah so I think I think there's a few um I think obviously Church can feel like it's all about programme and activity, but really, it should really all be about relationship. Mm. Um, and so I think, for me, it's a joy to get to journey with families as a whole rather than just, like, one
1: wow.
0: person or one specific child. So, like, for example, um, I've got a young person who kind of displays some unusual behaviour, and I, I've been wondering, what what is that about? I'm confused by that. And then I realised that I see the exact same behaviour in his younger brother who's in my kids' class. And so it's almost like I get to walk and journey with this family together um, and see kind of, I don't know, there's just like a deeper level of understanding the dynamic behind that person. Um, So there's that. I also really love that I'm going to see these kids, like, Grow up and go through the kids, yeah. and then the youth work. You know, if, if God wants me here for the long term, then that's the joy that I get to experience. um And when they reach youth, I know that that child to be like actually they have these qualities and giftings, and I feel mm. like speaking this over their life.
2: Yeah, you've potentially got eighteen years to invest in and yeah, and, yeah. And, and disciple that young person uh, uh, as opposed to five. You yeah. know, uh, which is the best you'll get if you yeah. you just focus only on on the youth ministry side. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point.
0: Yeah, and even like now with some of the young people that I've reached, you know, eighteen or whatever, I look back and I can see how blessed I was that I was and I got to speak into their life when mm. I first came. And I just I'm waiting for that moment where I can look at some of these, you know, children um, and be like, actually, you know, I knew you when you were <laughs> this old and look what God's done in your life. Yeah. So it, like if we take away all the program and the activity and we see that it's all about relationship, actually, that is the biggest joy and privilege that I get to have. I'd say. Yeah.
2: Amazing. Amazing. I love that. And, and so. How, how do you do it then, Becca? Because I, I hear, I hear what you're saying and yes, it is all about relationship. And that's actually true. But usually in church life, the way that we form that relationship is by, um, organizing programs that enable us to be together. Right. Yeah. So we, we, you know, we have our Friday night youth gatherings. We have our Sunday morning breakout groups. Uh, we have our small, uh, small groups or Bible studies in homes or wherever they're going to be. Um, you know, it, and by organizing and arranging those programs, we bring people together. And as we bring people together, we build th- those relationships. Um, but it's, that's a lot of it's. It's a lot of program to organize. It's a lot of team to lead, you know. It's it's a lot uh, of ministry to be responsible for and and to make happen. So, how do you do it? What what are, what are some of your top tips? What are some of the things that you've learned that um, either for somebody who's just starting to take up a youth and children's ministry role, or you know they've seen that job advert and they're like, wow, that's that seems big but you know exciting or, or 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 for somebody who's 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 doing it now and is is not quite managing to keep all of those balls in the air
1: mm.
2: um what what would your top tips be what would your advice be for how they can do that
0: I think like firstly I it's a really big job to be honest and I think it's worth acknowledging that if you are doing both ministries together like well done because that is it's a tough job to do mm. And you are managing a lot of expectation, often unsaid expectation, um, whether that be from parents or the kids and youth themselves, I don't know. But it is a, a big job. And I don't think, if I'm honest, there's times when I've thought, I'm not doing this well. <laughs> mm. um, and that's just me being honest because I think it's easy to look at different people in different churches and be like, wow, they've got it all together. But the mm. reality is, is that really you know, we're all just making up as we go along. Mm. (laughs) No no one wants to admit that, but we are. Um, But I think for me personally, I've learned that I guess my focus has had to change from um, kind of investing directly into the young people and the children to investing into the team who then invest in the children and the young people. Um, And I know that might sound wrong almost but actually the job's too big for one person which is why I often of
1: course, yeah.
0: a person job and when i when i took on this role someone in the church came over to me and gave me a word from um exodus 18 about um jethro who was moses mm. father-in-law to say to moses why are you doing all these jobs running around like a headless chicken this is definitely paraphrasing <laughs> 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 definitely a message. That. <laughs> but he said um you know why are you doing all these jobs you know um i think the best way to do it is for you to almost delegate responsibility and you oversee what that looks like and so i really took that on board and um i started to find people that i think one day could lead the ministry mm. and um i like i said earlier i had you know three members on my kids team but one of them was a young girl called Aline and she was 16 at the time and she had such a joy and enthusiasm I was like I need this girl on my kids team and she'd never done it before so Mm. I got her along and she did she was nervous and she did like the memory verses on the zoom calls and stuff and now you fast forward to where we are today and she leads our Sunday mornings Parents come over to her to ask questions about the kids. Um, She knows all the kids' names. She leads our kids' sessions. She's like my right-hand man, do you know what I mean? Um, And so that, for me, was almost like a success story where I, I saw this one person who carried something, and I invested in her, and that's it. It took the load off me.
2: Um, having to account. yeah, that's, that's so good, Becca. It's so good because uh, going back to the, I guess the benefits thing. I mm-hmm. mean, one of the benefits is that it almost forces us to have to raise up leaders around us, right? Because that's we right. can we can only raise leaders when we're not doing everything ourselves. That's
0: right. Yeah. But
2: in this right. instance of having to lead that youth and children's ministry, it's just not possible to lead mm-hmm. everything yourselves. And so, well, I've I've got to find. Those leaders around me, and 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 you you said Becky, you said I like uh, I I I I found people mm. to kind of step into those roles. Well, I don't want to bypass that. <laughs> how how did you do that? How did you find the right people? And as you were thinking about who could be on this team, and, and you said I look I I looked for people who could who who could essentially do my my job if I wasn't here, like um. Like what was it that you looked for, as you was kind of scouring around the church community and thinking who who could be on this team and who could be what what were the what were the things that you were looking for in those people?
0: Well, it's it's interesting, yeah, because I look back at when I first came and I think God prepared me for where I am now, because right. when I first came, there was a, a young person. She was seventeen at the time, and she carried, um, she carried this kind of natural leadership quality.
1: Mm.
0: And um she never went after position, never went after role, but would naturally just kind of serve wherever she could. And I thought to myself, Crikey, I love that heart. That's a really good heart. Because mm. she, she wasn't after anything. She just wanted to be there and she wanted to help. And so I invested in her quite early on and now uh, like four years later, if I'm not there on a Friday, youth she can lead that for me. Um, and for a while, like she would plan the series and and the session plans for it. So what I look for is not experience necessarily, although that is great. And I, I won't say no if you know someone was willing. <laughs> but it's not what I go like seeking out for, um, but rather. I look for people who are teachable and actually are willing mm. to, to learn and, and someone who's just, you know, willing to serve. That's Those are the things that are important because if you've got someone who's got loads of experience but isn't willing to be, like, like learn new things, and actually that's a really difficult position to be in and I've had people like that um, on team and it's hard to navigate and I guess when you're leading kids and youth ministry, you want to, try and make things as easy as possible for yourself because it's a big job mm. and so you're looking for people that actually have a heart and a, a a good character you know um and an eagerness about them that's what i'd say
2: yeah because, because it's it's a really good point because even if you've got somebody who's really really capable
1: mm.
2: but unteachable it can create a very difficult and awkward culture within within your team can't it if 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 you've got somebody who just can't receive feedback yeah um, because even even if they even if they do kind of know what they're doing they might not know how you want to do it in the context of that that children's and youth ministry and the culture the specific culture that you're trying to create in that mm-hmm. space, and so even if they've got a lot of experience, even if they know what they're doing in kids or, or youth work, well they're still going to need to have that kind of adaptability to 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 fit into that space uh mm-hmm. and in the way that you're you're trying to lead things aren't they but then how do you i guess the flip side of that though becca is um,
1: if you're trying to like really give responsibility Mm. like how
2: do you balance that because you you can't give a large degree of responsibility to somebody who's never done anything before right but what you're saying is that if you're going to have to leave both then you're going to need people who are really going to be able to yeah yeah lead stuff and run with stuff like you spoke about someone who's lead you know leading your Sunday morning sessions yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff so how, how do you how do you find that how, how do you find that balance or is it just like is it just time like you're going to get those teachable people even if they're not experiencing you're going to invest in them and over time you're going to give them yeah. that kind of responsibility
0: yeah I- I t- I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, I think it takes time and all these things that I'm talking about didn't happen overnight. Mm. So, you know, the young person, Aline, like, it's only two years later that she's leading, you know, the Friday sessions and yeah. mornings. So it, it did take time and and that's the hard bit because you are almost juggling um things until you can reach that point and even then you're still that person that is juggling a lot and spinning a lot of plates all at the same time um and so yeah it does take it does take time to get there but it's worth it that's what i'd say yeah that you know it's worth investing in those people um and and actually church is full of well, often it's full of teachers, <laughs> like get those people on on board, you know, get them <laughs> along. Um, but the people that you're investing in, the people that you really say in actually one day you could leave this. And often the obvious people, um, right. it might be the ones that are hidden away that God's, you know, saved for you. So go seeking after those ones. Mm. Don't just go for the obvious people. Um, yeah.
2: Talk to me about when you've identified those people and it's like, oh, here's somebody with a, like you're saying, with like a teach, teachable spirit, with an, mm-hmm. e- with an eagerness to learn, with a humility about them. Um, uh, but, with, but you can see something of leadership and, and, mm-hmm. and that giftedness in their life as well. Talk to me about how, how you go about asking those people, envisioning those people, inviting those people to, to mm-hmm. join team. What, what, your, what process do you take?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not... I, I I don't have it all like written down. Do you know what I mean? It's very yeah. organic for me. So I'll just go over and be like, you'd be a fantastic kids worker. <laughs> 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 have you thought about that? <laughs> um, and that's literally what happens. And then, um,
2: but if, you do that face to face though. It's something like
1: to you, be yeah. yeah,
2: you wouldn't then, send out an email, just a general email around the church. Hey everybody, we're looking for people on the team or an announcement up front. It, you you'd go to somebody one-to-one yeah. specifically say, I, I see this in you. I think you'd be great at this. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, because I've done. I've done that. I've I've taken to public appeals. You know what I mean. When I'm desperate, and um, no one comes forward.
2: No, it never works. Yeah, never. Oh, re- never well, works. rarely. I'll say rarely. rarely. Yeah. Say really
0: never, rarely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just if I see someone, I'll, I'll go up to them and speak to them, and then they'll come along and kind of observe a session, and then see what they think. then' I never say to them. You know. You committed as soon as you've you step foot. That's good. You know, it's not. It's not like that. Um,
2: that's really good, back. Yeah. So, so you're so you're you're given the opportunity to to see the ministry to get a feel for it. Yeah. Before they, you know, yeah. like make yeah. it. That's a, that's a really good shout. Yeah, really good yeah. idea. And what
0: I say to people is that actually you've got to figure out where God wants you to serve because mm. serving is you you don't have to, but it's definitely biblical and it's definitely something that we encourage people to do. So, you know, it's, it's, where do you feel God's calling you to be? Is it serving in the kids' work? Is it the youth work? Um, actually for the youth team, I actually did an application form, um, because I noticed that sometimes I'd get some people signing up for the youth team and I'd think, God's not calling you to this area. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have, you, have you explored the gardening team? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I did like a youth team application form just to help me, I guess. Um, yeah, what did you
2: put on it? What did you put on that form?
0: I put, have they done youth work before? And um, why do they feel drawn to it? Um, what sort of qualities and skills can they offer? And then I, And then I always put that I'm going to talk it through with my senior pastor because then, and then it gives me somewhere to almost fall back on. Do you know what I mean? So if, if it's not right, I can say, look, I've spoke to the senior pastor about it and this is what we've agreed. And sometimes you don't have to do that, but if I get a new person come to the church and I don't know anything about them, then Mm. I need something like that to help me. Um, but yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. So, so like team is key and building team and investing, and changing that focus from um being the person who does all of the pastoral ministry and does all of the you know all of the on the ground uh, youth and kids work to being that person who identifies uh, recruits builds up leads releases yeah. raises team is is a key thing and any other things becca that are like have been key things for you in terms of how how you do this and the things that you've learned on the journey
0: yeah just one thing that just popped into my head then actually is everyone's going to have an opinion about what you should do mm. everyone every man and his dog's got an opinion about how you should do what <laughs> you. um but actually um I've come to realize that God has ordained you for this time for this place it's good and, and so he's not going to shy away from giving you direction and what it is that you should be doing and I remember when I when I first came to CLC I was um I was aware of everyone's got an opinion about what I should be doing and so I said to God what shall I do and he said to me I kid you not he said to me do a really good Christmas party and so I did (laughs) And and I know it sounds ridiculous but that is what he asked me to do and so I did this party I went all out threw everything into it and we got seventy-nine young people there and it was like for us it was the step of we did like lots of uh young people came that weren't part of church and it was like a stepping stone for them coming to our youth. Um and so, actually, when you're in this position, I would say seek after God for what it is that you're supposed to be doing and mm. stick to that. Don't be moved by what everyone else says about what it is you should be doing. Obviously, if you see new pastors, got an opinion, listen to it. Do you know what I mean? It's his church, but well, it's God's church, but he's the one that's. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to glorify, <laughs> um, but you are the person that God's op- appointed for this role, and so seek after God for what it is you should be doing. Um, and He's He's not quiet about it; He'll tell you what to do. Um,
1: that's it's how really,
2: I, yeah, it's really, it's really good. Like having that conviction about the thing that the Lord has asked you to do, yeah. and but actually, it's so critical that. As leaders, especially when you're in a leadership role, youth and kids, and there's just a lot to do that we don't let that um, force out the time and space that is necessary for us to listen to God Mm. and to hear and to hear him for our ministries. Otherwise, we'll just be kind of, you know blown and tossed here and there by, by the wind of everybody's different opinion, right? Oh, that person thinks I should do that. You so I should probably do that. And that parent thinks that, and so I should probably do that. And oh, my pastor thinks that, so I should probably do that. And that, you know, that, you, and, and you're trying to do everything, and but you, yeah, you, it's, it's about keeping in step with the spirit and knowing, right. Like, you, you can't do everything, can you? And you certainly can't do everything well. So what are the, what are the few things that the Lord has said you know this is this is your assignment and to live within the limits of god's assignment of your of your life and not try to extend them because you're trying to please everybody. Yeah, know, that's really good. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I think I think like what you're saying about carving out the time to to seek after god and I think there's something about um making sure you're aware of how you're doing and how you're coping with all the responsibility that you've got. Um and getting someone to, spending time, getting someone to invest in you, um, that's what helped me. So um, I, I've got a mentor who would meet me um, and speak into my life and kind of encourage me. And like, I needed that as well because otherwise you're just giving out all the time and yep. you, you actually, you're not stopping just to allow someone to speak life into you. Um,
2: yeah, re- really important stuff. Finding that person who is um, perhaps gifted in ways that are similar to us, but is further along the journey, mm-hmm. who we can seek, you know, guidance from, advice from, ask questions. That's something that's a practice for me as well. Um, that that's been really important in my life and leadership. Um, what What are some of the other ways, Becca, that you um so you're carrying a lot a lot of ministry a lot of responsibility a lot of people that you're leading team children young people how what, what are the other ways that you um that you yeah you you process that that you break from that that you give your you know give your mind and your soul and your spirit chance to recover um from the uh from the demands of 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 ministry and of holding those spaces what what are some of the practices that you've that you've learned and that you've had to prioritize to make sure that you're not Mm -hmm. not leading on empty when you've got a lot of responsibility to carry
0: that's a that's a good question that's a great question i think um that's kind of that whole thing that you just mentioned it's probably been the thing that i've had to try and figure out most the last four years if i'm honest Mm. And it's something that i've i've i guess struggled to navigate how how to do well how to um, yeah how to to do all of that well, but I think I've come to a place where I felt jesus say to me um a few months ago actually I felt him say to me, "I want to be the first in your heart becca and i said oh how 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 do I do that then God? And I felt him say, I want to be your first and last. I want to be the first thing that, you know, you think about when you wake up and the last thing you think about when you go to sleep. Mm. And um, it's quite simple, but it really blew my mind. And after that moment, I felt him wake me up early to be in his presence. And um, the next day woke me up the same time to be in his presence. And then the day after that, he didn't need to wake me up because I wanted to wake up early to be in his presence.
1: Mm.
0: And I've noticed that um, when I do that and when I start my day with Jesus, it's almost like all the responsibility of ministry and the pressure to keep on doing things. um, It kind of doesn't seem so heavy Mm. or so important, if I'm honest. The responsibility doesn't seem so massive because... I've started my day with almighty God, do you know what I mean? Who holds mm. all the world in the palm of his hands. And it it kind of changed my perspective. And it was something so simple and people had said it to me before, you know, but literally to wake up early and to go and be with Jesus is the only way to actually do this well. Mm. And and jesus did it you know he woke up early he went to a quiet place to spend time with the father and so if jesus did that how much more do i need to do that
2: exactly right yeah
0: um, and yeah. so that that's it's all boils down to this such simple truth that to do this well you need to just be with jesus
1: yeah <laughs> there's that's no it.
0: activity there's no program there's no there's nothing else that can really satisfy like jesus and so you just need to get
2: along with jesus it's so good and we we have to have enough being with jesus to sustain our doing for jesus
1: yeah, or
2: else we end up leading out of the this like you know the spiritual deficit where yeah. but yeah. you can't give what you can't give what you don't possess yeah and, and the best gift we have to give to our to our children to our young people to our team is is a heart that's overflowing with the love of God, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
2: but right. you, you, we can't give what we don't possess. Like you're you're absolutely preaching to the choir here, Becca. It's so it's so good. It's so good. Just prioritizing that that mm-hmm. time and the space. And I do agree with you. I think there is something about starting your day in that place, mm-hmm. starting your day with Jesus, starting your day, sitting at his feet and opening the scripture and listening to his voice and then leading out of that place of overflow of the things yeah. that god's put into you yeah a- a- absolutely critical practice um yeah. uh, really really good really really good stuff becca before we finish any any final thoughts any things that you'd want to kind of get off your chest or say to those kind of kids and youth workers out there that you think would be helpful to them
0: um i think good on you you know if you're doing kids and youth ministry together that's a it's a real privileged position to be in and it sometimes might feel really difficult and really hard. But you've just got to believe that in years to come you're gonna look back and think, like God used me to really help that that child and that young person.
1: Mm.
0: And you know, it, it's all about relationships, not about program and activity. I know the church may seem like it is, but it's not mm. about relationship.
1: Mm.
0: And if you're loving Jesus then out of the overflow of that, you know, your children are going to be impacted and young people are going to be impacted. Um, so keep the main thing, the main thing, and the main good. thing is Jesus.
2: It's good. Becca, how do you, um, you've spoken a couple of times about, you know, it's not about program, it's about relationship. And I like couldn't agree with you more.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so what are the ways that you found in leading ministries and like in organizing gatherings? that you've found that you can prioritise those people over programme? Like how, how would you actually manage to do that? Because I know sometimes when, like I get to a youth session, I'm thinking about, oh, this needs to be set up here and this team member needs to know this and this is our run through for the night. And this is, you know, and I can get caught up so easily in, in the programme and, and miss, miss the people who are right there in front of me. What, what have been the ways that you've, you've found to ensure that you're prioritising the people over the programme?
0: I, I delegate a lot of jobs so that everyone has an opportunity to have like relationship with you know the people that are there. So if you're doing all the jobs all at once, there's no way that you can have time to sit with a young person and chat with them. But if you're delegating well, then actually that is possible. But also, so as well as that, I would say um I visit people, I visit families.
1: Yeah.
0: I literally go into their homes and I visit them and I sit with them. Um,
2: when there when there is no program, there is nothing to run. There yeah. is nothing to organize. You're just there to be in yeah. that space, and that's oh, so good, yeah, so good. So you do that with families of kids. You you do yeah. one, like one to ones with young people as well, and meeting coffee shops and stuff like that. Is that for
0: the, for the young? Yeah, stuff like that with the young people. And we've got like a, a small group, which I mean, there's no program to it. We we meet and we worship together. This is with the young people, worship together and pray together and chat, and that's. That's probably the highlight of my week to be fair. Um mm. it's amazing. We saw a healing this week, which was pretty cool. Fantastic. Um but then with the kids, yeah, I'll I'll go visit them at home and they love it. They love it. Yeah. Um and you don't have to stay there long, do you know what I mean? Just uh 25, 30 minutes or something and just chat to the kids, um, pray with them and then that's it. Yeah, you're away.
2: Brilliant. Mm. Becca, thank you so much. It's it's been really helpful. I'd love it as we finish. Would you mind just taking a moment to pray for all of those um, yeah. people listening who are kids and youth workers and who are serving Jesus in that way and trying to do both? I'd love it if you just take a moment to pray for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you for all those uh, kids and youth workers out there, Jesus, mm. that are um, doing both of these roles. And God, I just pray that you might uh, refresh them. I pray that you might equip them. I pray God that um as they're probably hearing a lot of voices that Jesus they'd be able to discern what it is that you're asking them to do. I pray that you give them this real conviction uh, to do only what you've asked them to do, Jesus. I yeah. pray they walk in step with your spirit. I pray that on those days where they feel overwhelmed with the responsibility that they might just leave it at your feet, Jesus, and just remember that you know it's just all about you God and the things that you want them to do. So mm. Uh, yeah jesus i pray for a double portion of blessing on their life um and that actually the kids work would grow and the youth work would grow and that um they themselves would grow um, Mm. in relationship with you jesus amen
2: amen amen becca thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today it's been great to have you
0: Thank you. Thanks
2: so much. And thank you to everybody uh, for listening today. But thank you much more so for everything that you are doing to serve children and young people, for everything that you are doing to raise up leaders and and build a team who can do the same. Uh, I I say it all the time and I I just mean it every time. What are we going to give our lives to? do that's more important than passing on the gospel to the next generation so well done good and faithful servant keep going don't give up because what you are doing is important and we would love to gather with you uh, at Limitless Leaders Uh, from 24th to 26th of January at the Hayes Conference Centre in Derbyshire. That's our annual gathering of youth and children's workers and youth and children's workers. (laughs) Uh, That time together is so good. Residential time away, uh, like-minded community, practical equipping, spirit-filled ministry. Go to limitlesselim.co.uk forward slash leaders. Uh, I'd love to see you there. And we uh, will see you next
1: time on the Limitless Leadership Podcast.